Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is week 11 of the 2022 NFL season. It is tight end injury disaster night here on the FF Mastermind Podcast, Edge Podcast. Oh, my gosh. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge Podcast. And Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. Once again, with me, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, better than the average tight end of the NFL, that's for sure. Uh, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it was a bloodletting in the loss of tight ends this week, and uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch from coming up. But, uh, yeah, I'm not doing too bad, but uh, I know I've lost a lot of tight ends in, in several leagues, including, as you and I were just talking about before we came on air, couple of leagues where uh, I thought I had great tight end duo and I lost them both in this, this week. So uh, we'll figure Ouch. out what to do as we go forward. Yeah. Th- thank God for us. Uh, Dalton Schultz is, uh, I guess he's mostly healthy. He's playing like he's pretty healthy and he's going to help us replace Zach Ertz there. Uh, anyway, we're going to get right to the tight ends, but of course the biggest injury of all was to the number one guy in fantasy for a long time at wide receiver Cooper cup. Uh, wow, it was uh, an ankle injury. Uh, you know, I guess he could have broke it, uh, but, it, you know, it's a high ankle sprain. He's going to have the tightrope surgery. Uh, this is the same type of surgery, I believe, that Tua had. And when he was uh, back in Alabama, he missed about five or six weeks. And that's what they think he's going to miss this uh, this season. And there's only, what, seven weeks, seven weeks left. So he's on IR. He's out for at least four. Uh, might come back in week either 15, 16, 17, or not come back because, uh, you know, the, the Rams might be out of it. I think they're, what are they, are they three and seven right now or three and six? Um, I think they've had a buy, so they might be three and six. Uh, it's not going looking good for the Rams. Anyway, what's, uh, what's your opinion of the fantasy impact here, uh, Chris? Uh, who else is going to pick up the slack, and what does this do for Matthew Stafford and, and all the Rams? Yeah, uh, I mean, the Rams are really circling the drain right now after coming off their Super Bowl. It's, it's, uh, I actually saw something that just said that the Rams – the, the draft pick that the Lions got from the Rams as part of the, 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 the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford trade is now actually better than the Lions draft pick. And who would have thought you could say that coming out Ooh. of the Super Bowl year? But, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah this, this is going to be a devastating one. And like you said, he's going to be out minimum four weeks with the IR. There's only going to be about three or four weeks left in the season at best. Um, I would be surprised, quite honestly, if Cooper Cup plays the rest of this year. Um, I'm not sure you can hold on to him. Uh, if you if you desperately need to make a playoff spot 
and you need that that roster spot, I would I would be comfortable dropping him uh, for fantasy. Again, not in keeper leagues, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, who's going to pick up the slack there? It's hard to say. I mean, Stafford's obviously been underperforming and and in a concussion protocol still, I, I believe. They lost two more yep. linemen, offensive linemen this week. So things are, are really looking sketchy. And, you know, with, with the lack of first-round draft picks coming up, this may, be, this may actually signal a fire sale in the offseason for all, for all we know. So this, is, this could be uh, one of those death knells for this program that went really way up to the top real quick and then right back down. I think fantasy short-term, um, Tyler Higby is probably the guy that's going to benefit the most from this. He was already the – the number two option in this passing game and seemed to be the number one guy without Cooper Cup on the, on the field this last week. A lot of people are looking toward Allen Robinson to be, you know, to really finally step up and be something, but I, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, I love Allen Robinson. I've always loved the way he played. I thought that was a great signing, but he's just not looked himself. I think the guy from the receiver standpoint that might be the guy you want to think about is Van Jefferson. He's, he could be the one that steps up and gets, the biggest boost in targets. I think uh, Allen Robinson will probably stay where he is, maybe a few more uh, red zone targets. I like kind of like Van Jefferson amongst the receivers for the short term. And actually Ben Skoranek, I think he had a pretty good uh, rapport with, uh, with Matt Stafford if he gets back in the lineup. So I, I'm, I, I'm really sketchy about all the Rams right now. It's, it's looking pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, I was just going to mention Ben Scarana because he is more his his game is more patterned after Cooper Cup. He's that type of receiver, short routes, uh, you know, ins and outs and such. And and uh, Allen Robinson likes to stretch the field. They don't really, uh, you know, like to throw to him short. So uh, you know, obviously he, he's probably going to see a, a, some a little more targets. But like you say, probably the number one guy to benefit here is going to be Tyler Higby. Uh, interesting uh, about uh, whether you should drop Cooper Cup or not. I, uh, just prior to the showtime here, got a, a premium subscriber question asking. Uh, he, he's got Cooper Cup, and uh, he's got a short uh, short bench. Uh, and uh, Christian Watson's out there. He's currently in the final playoff spot to make it, uh, but you know he needs a boost to uh, you know hopefully make the playoffs. And uh, I told him, I said, well, you know, uh, we don't know if Cooper Cup's going to come back and play this week. He's out at least uh, this year. He's out for at least four weeks, probably five to six weeks. He might make a token appearance in your championship game. But in order to get there, you got to win first. So I told him, I said, I, I probably, uh, you know, if, if he was available and you was a slam dunk to pick him up, like, you know, if you had the waiver waiver priority there, then I would go ahead and drop uh, Cooper Cup for Christian Watson. And that, that's that's crazy. But, you know, these are uh, desperate times for desperate uh, desperate events. Measures <laughs> for desperate times. Uh, you you got to do what you got to do to make the playoffs. Once you get in there, then you worry about you know how to win. But uh, you know it, it, it's crazy. It, we have to do these types of things anyway. Let's move on over to uh, the tight end situation around. Well, first of all, before I do that, real quick, Matthew Stafford in and out of the concussion protocol. He might play. He might not play. If, if you've, uh, I've got a situation here on my team where I've got Stafford and Russell Wilson. Uh, now Russell Wilson obviously is a good, pretty good play this week against the Raiders, but uh, but you, is, is Russell Wilson uh, worth holding on to if you got to replace a tight end uh, in a situation? Because even if uh, he plays, there's no Cooper Cup there anymore. Uh, would you uh, let, let's say you've got uh, another uh, a third tight end? I think I've got a third quarterback there. Uh, I, yeah, that's right. It's Geno Smith. He's on a bye. So uh, you know I've got I've got Wilson and, and, and Smith. You're going to go ahead and drop uh, Stafford to uh, to pick up a tight end? Uh, would you do that? Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I I own Matt Stafford in two two ten man leagues, uh, ten team leagues this year. Um, they each have reasonably large benches, so you can carry 
definitely a second and oftentimes a third quarterback, depending on, on the rest of the roster makeup. Um, I dropped him in both of those leagues this last week. So I, I, wow. that was his last week with the concussion, with the, the bad matchups and bad matchups for the next few weeks going forward. And, and again, he's, he's outside the top 24, so in a, or outside the top 20. So in a, in a, in a 10-man league, there's no reason to be carrying a guy that's not, not in the top 20 quarterback. So I, I did let him yeah, go this, this week. A... So I think you're in the same boat. You probably drop him in your league too. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, it's a 12, it's a 12 man league, but but you know he's only popped into the 20s once, and that was week two against Atlanta. So almost like uh, Aaron Rodgers, except Aaron Rodgers got a you know a little bit of a boost from Christian Watson this past week. But let's move to the tight end situation here. Zach Ertz gone for the year with a knee. Uh, we don't know what kind of injury it was uh, specifically, but some kind of torn ligament there. At first they reported they thought the ACL was intact, but he's having surgery or whatnot. Uh, he's gone for the year. Uh, fantasy impact, Chris, uh, for uh, the Cardinals there at tight end. Yeah, this is a big one because I think he was definitely a guy after, obviously, D-Hop that uh, Kyler Murray certainly leaned upon. He was a matchup problem uh, for a lot of teams. So I, I, and I don't think they have an adequate replacement. I mean, yeah, Trey, Trey McBride is just not going to put up Zach Ertz types of numbers. But one thing that I think this does is that this may get Marquise Brown back on the field a little bit sooner. He was supposed to be back possibly this week. And I thought, I thought maybe they'd sit him out through the week 13 by. They got a late bye week. But now since they need another receiving option, uh, I think they're going to probably try to get him back in the lineup as soon as they can to help out Kyler Murray in this passing game. And I was curious to see how it was going to work with Marquise Brown, who was such a huge target hog for five or six weeks till he got hurt. And then, obviously, Hopkins being the target hog. I was wondering how they were going to coexist. But with Ertz out of the way, I think they can both be very good, especially in PPR. And I, I think Marquise Brown is a guy that if somebody drops and is out in your waiver wire, you want to go pick up and, and have him on your roster for your stretch drive and your playoff drive. Oh, yeah, definitely. R- Rondell Moore has been uh, the target hog uh, the last game or so. Of course, that was without Kyler Murray in the lineup. But So, the, you know, they get, they, uh, they get the Marquise Brown back then. you got Brown, Hopkins, and – uh, and more. Uh, so maybe uh, there's mm-hmm. not much of a need for Trey McBride, although when uh, when uh, 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 Ertz went down, McBride came in and ran so many routes the rest of the game, saw one target, caught it, but that was it. So the bottom line is that, you know, it doesn't matter if he's, he's playing time, he's starting tight end. If they don't use him and throw to him, then he's not worth anything for fantasy. Well, well let's move on over to Philadelphia on Monday night. Uh, you know, it was a, a controversial play where there was a face mask hold there on on, uh, on uh, Godert that wasn't called, and unfortunately he went down in a heap. Uh, so the defender landed on him. Uh, you know, it was funny because he came back in the game and finished out the rest of the game. He didn't have another catch or whatever, but, you know, uh, they, we learned this morning uh, that uh, he's gonna, you know going to be uh, extended uh, absence uh, several weeks with a shoulder injury. So you've got Jack Stahl over there uh, that uh, was playing uh, kind of in two tight end sets and seeing a couple of catches here and there. Uh, what, what's your opinion of the tight end situation in Philly, uh, Chris? Uh, my opinion is that there is not a tight end uh, situation in Philly anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't see anyone that's going to be worthy of being picked up except in like a 16-team league if you really just need a warm body. And even at that, I'm not so sure that Jack Stoll is that guy. Um, yeah, that was really disheartening to see that. It's bad enough to turn the game, but you know, he got injured on the play. And he didn't look like himself the whole rest of that game, so uh, Goddard didn't. So that that's a bad situation. Um, I think this is probably going to – slightly boosted. All those targets are going to get split up throughout all the other uh, viable receiving options. They've got, uh, they got a pretty deep receiving crew with a lot of speedy guys and obviously some, some good pass catching back. So I, 
I don't think it's going to hurt too much for the Eagles because I think they've got a lot of weapons, but it is going to change the uh, the balance in their offense a little bit. Yeah, if you guys are looking for names there, they have a converted quarterback named Tyree Jackson. It's going to be interesting to see if he sees more work at tight end. In addition to Jackstall, they got Grant Calcaterra. <laughs> these guys, uh, I don't even know what the, who, who these guys are, but uh, it's going to be interesting moving on. And then, of course, in uh, uh, I want to say San Diego, L.A. Uh, Chargers, uh, Gerald Everett in the second quarter after playing 10 snaps, he left the game uh, on Sunday night against the 49ers with a groin injury. And in that uh, situation, Trey McKinney came in and played the rest of the game, actually saw six targets on the game, was overthrown near the touch, uh, near the, uh, in the red zone, uh, almost caught a touchdown, did catch a couple passes there. If Everett, uh, you know, is uh, not playing, uh, maybe Trey McKinney's worth something. What, what, what's your take on uh, the tight end situation uh, in L.A. for the Chargers, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I, I do like Trey McKitty. Amongst all these backup guys that have kind of come out of nowhere that, whose names we don't know, he's probably the guy I like the most. The downside is that amongst all these guys we just talked about, he's probably in the worst situation. Yeah, great passing offense, but Everett is, the, is, is not even you know, certain to be missing this week, let alone multiple weeks like these other guys. So I think Everett could be back in the lineup sooner rather than later. The other thing is, is that he got all those targets with Everett out of the way, but remember also – Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out of the way uh, as well. That's not going to be the case going forward either. It looks like both of those guys could potentially be back this week as well. So even if he comes in and plays all the snaps, runs all the routes that that Gerald Everett would have run uh, here in week 11, I think he's still going to be way lower on the pecking order than than obviously Austin Eckler and then these two uh, uh, Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers that they would have back on the field. Yeah, they've been uh, lacking firepower for a long time, and uh, head coach Brandon Stanley did say that both uh, Allen and Williams are expected to practice this week. I would I would be more dependent on Williams if he can get through the week because with Allen, he's practiced before and didn't have a setback and such, so I wouldn't count on him uh, coming back there, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Anyway, if you want to see a comprehensive list of uh, injuries for the week uh, updated on a daily basis, you can come to ffmastermind.com. It's part of our uh, the fourth and one injury report. It's part of our weekly newsletter. Uh, we're having a sale right now, mid-season sale, fourteen ninety-five for the rest of the season for that. Uh, all the all the uh, the uh, injuries are listed right there. And we want to once again thank our sp- uh, sponsor of our show this season, FanDuel. Uh, tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a free single game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash, prize, cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup and put your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast, and I can guarantee you that. Uh, So kick off your fantasy season or football season, if you haven't been playing, with a free single-game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. That's promo code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, to get your free single-game entry. We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. 
Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Masterminds. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. All right, uh, everybody come check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, we just made a move, a server move, yes. Uh, we will move from an old server over at GoDaddy to another uh, server. Uh, move, uh, new, improved, uh, uh, better uh, access and such to the website. So we're really excited about that. Uh, we, we weren't planning on moving during the season, but uh, unforeseen circumstances, uh, GoDaddy uh, just announced that they were going to decommission or turn off the server. Uh, and I said, well, uh, can you wait till January? And, no, no, we're going to do this uh, tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> so I said, okay, we're going to move. Uh, actually, they gave us a heads up of about a month, and then they gave us a specific uh, heads up of five days, and we got the move done. So everybody should be able to check out the new site, ffmastermind.com. And, of course, come check out our free NFL Quick Bits feature, free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those of the Colts from uh, Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy newsletters, like I said, a mid-season sale, fourteen ninety-five. Uh, you've got uh, a picks to click and flick expanded list, uh, the market feature, inside slant, uh, holler from the cheap seats, uh, uh, weekly rankings, our fourth and one injury report updated on a daily basis, and of course uh, our flagship uh, for our premium services, premium injury quick bits, uh, instant analysis on all the key injuries and such. I was writing a lot of stuff about the tight end injuries and of course Cooper Cup's injury that uh, immediate access for premium subscribers. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. So let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick. Guys, you want to con- consider putting in your starting lineup, and guys, you might want to consider benching this week. A couple of quarterbacks you like this week, and why, Chris? Uh, seems like yesterday that uh, Aaron Rodgers was a no-brainer start, regardless of matchup. It would never be mentioned in this segment, but uh, you know that's the reality of it is, is. You know that's where he is right now this year. He did show, I thought, signs of life against a pretty good defense on Sunday. He had his best fantasy game of the year, and he may have finally found that complimentary piece in Christian Watson. So I think this week, when he's facing a Titans team that is number four in fantasy points per game allowed to the quarterback, number two in yards, number two in touchdowns allowed. Uh, they've allowed 300 or more yards more often than they have not this year, and they are allowing an average of just under 300 yards per game in the air despite playing some real underachieving pass offenses throughout the bulk of their schedule. I think A.A. Rod gets it going this week at home. And then I literally like Daniel Jones this week. I mean, there's a lot to like about it. He's quietly putting up you know, top six or seven quarterback numbers in about half of his games so far, and he's got a pretty high floor due to his consistent rushing total. Now, facing this Lions defense that is fairly porous in the secondary, giving up the most points per game in the NFL to the quarterback. They've also been stomped on the ground by running quarterbacks as well. They've allowed the most rushing yards per game to quarterbacks so far this year. So whether in the air or on the ground, I think Jones has a juicy matchup and should get you some solid fantasy points one way or the other. 
Okay. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, believe it or not, Russell Wilson. Uh, yep, I'm starting him in one of my leagues, and guess what? Because he's playing at home against the Raiders. We're talking about the only team that he popped for almost 30 points against earlier this season. I think he's going to throw touchdown passes, multiple pa- touchdown passes in this game. So because uh, certain players are injured or on a bye, Russell Wilson makes a great streaming option this week, and it's crazy to say that because at the start of the year, everyone was starting him automatically every week, just like Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, okay, uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, I know they're playing the Vikings this week, and the Vikings just beat the Bills, but they also gave up a lot of passing yards in that game. I think Dak's going to throw and get the job done. I'm not sure if they're going to win the game, but for fantasy owners, Dak Prescott's going to get it done this week. A uh, couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Derek Carr on the road at Denver. Their Denver uh, the Denver defense is very good. It's not going to be very easy against Denver, and he put up 13 points the last time he played Denver, and that was a home game. Now they're playing in Denver, so uh, I would try to avoid Derek Carr this week. And also, Matt Ryan has a successful return uh, to the starting role for the Colts and winning the game, beating the Raiders. That's the Raiders. He gets the Eagles this week, and, boy, they're going to be pissed off coming off that Monday night loss to the Washington Commanders at home. So I think that Ryan's going to struggle to uh, get the job done, uh, probably uh, get sacked as many times in this game. I look elsewhere for my quarterback this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of guys at quarterback you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, I, I do like that. And I do think, though, if I remember correctly, Matt Ryan is a Philadelphia area native, and he's got a pretty good history against him. So we'll see if the history versus the reality matches up this week. So a couple of mm-hmm. guys I don't like. Uh, I don't like Kyler Murray. Uh, I think it looks likely he's going to return to action this week. I think there's a real chance that hamstring injury that took him out of week 10 is going to curtail his running game a bit. And that's been a significant part of his fantasy value. Now, you've got a 49ers defense that's likely going to get after him and force him to escape a bit. So losing that running ability is going to leave him open to re-injury or a reduced effectiveness, at least. Um, the Niners have allowed the second-fewest passing touchdowns and amongst the fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks, and they've done a really good job against Murray in the past on games in Arizona, holding him under 19 points per game in his three previous tries. And like you talked about earlier, the loss of Zach Ertz is going to be a serious downgrade to his options. And then another guy you're probably all starting is Kirk Cousins. Um, but Dallas has allowed the third fewest passing yards so far, the sixth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I love Cousins in this offense, but it's still hard to put a lot of faith in his consistency as a fantasy quarterback, especially with a tough matchup against the Dallas defense and the possible loss of his left tackle this week. Uh, his young second-year tackle is in the concussion protocol. So he's always been up and down, and over the last year and a half, He's averaged only 223 yards per game and 18 fantasy points per game when coming off a 300-yard performance. So prove me wrong, Kurt. I want to hear you say you like that to me on Twitter this week. (laughs) All right. How about a couple of running backs you like this week and why? I love the young Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, He's become an every-week starter for most teams despite being a late-round grab on draft day. Um, He's been RB6 in PPR since week three when he first started splitting time. And he's looking at a huge opportunity again this week. I mean, the Jets have a decent defense, but they got torched by Stevenson for 143 yards and seven catches just a few weeks ago. And you know that this low-volume passing offense will not throw into the teeth of the Jets' pass defense. So I think Stevenson's a lot for high-volume and super PPR scoring day with a lot of catches. And I like Brian Robinson this week. Um, he's been very game script dependent. You saw him get a lot of touches on Monday Night Football in a positive or neutral game script. Uh, and no team allows a positive game script more than the Texans. They've allowed the most running back points, yards, touchdowns, et cetera. Uh, I think the, the – I hate to say this, the red-hot commanders, they get to hit that 32nd-ranked run defense, and they've been particularly pummeled by interior runners like Robinson so far. So he's given up those high-value touches to Gibson, but I think this week he gets the volume he needs to make up for the inefficiency, he'll grind out the clock in a win. I think both he and Gibson are actually start-worthy this week for, for Washington. 
Okay, a couple of running backs on like this week. Uh, Devin Singletary for the Bills. Uh, you know, he's still carrying the load right there. They don't quite know what to do with Naheem Hines. Uh, James Cook's uh, seeing about five or six carries a game. The big news, though, of course, there is a forecast, and this could change, but there is a forecasted big blizzard for Buffalo uh, for this game uh, this Sunday. And so I think they're going to be running the ball a lot, and Devin Singletary is uh, perfect for this uh, type of situation. I think he's going to score on the soft Browns run defense. So if you need him, start him uh, this week. Uh, so Isaiah Pacheco, yes, uh, ditto against the Chargers because the Chargers have a really terrible run defense. Pacheco's been starting. He got off to a nice uh, start last week, almost rushed for 100 yards. Uh, it literally put CEH on the bench the entire game. So if you need Pacheco, start him this week. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about. Um, Donta Foreman, yeah, he's had a couple of really good games, uh, but I don't think he's going to get much against the improved run Ravens run defense. Roquan Smith there shutting things down in the middle. Uh, and, of course, Donta is not part of the passing game there for Carolina, like Chuba Hubbard is and uh, Raheem Blackshear. So uh, I'd be careful about uh, starting uh, Donta Foreman. If you start him, you just uh, kind of cross your fingers. Hopefully maybe you might get a chief score for you. Another guy uh, this I'm not crazy about is really struggled most of the year is Kareem Hunt. Um, I think the Bills are going to limit him. As, you know, it's going to be a snowstorm there. Uh, I think Nick Chubb's going to get most of the carries there. And uh, Hunt's just not been that big of a factor. He's not been catching many passes, not putting up the numbers that he normally has. Uh, I think he also wants out. He wasn't traded, so I don't know how much motivation there is there for him to go all out. So I'd be careful about starting Kareem Hunt this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, DeAndre Swift got me worried. He just can't be counted on despite his explosive potential. He's just simply not seeing the field enough. I mean, Justin Jackson had more snaps and as many touches as him over the last two games with Swift allegedly healthy. Swift hasn't topped 10 touches since week one. And even if he does play more snaps this week, the Giants are tops in the league, allowing the fewest running back receptions by far at about two and a half a game. They do give up some yards, but few big plays. And they are top ten as they're top ten in rushing yards per game, bottom five in fantasy points allowed in PPR. So I think Swift is still looking like a second fiddle in the run game. So I think he's a possible low floor guy. And even though he has that one big play upside, I, I think he's risky as anything more than a flex. Uh, and then I, my big caution play of the week is Alvin Kamara. Uh, the Rams have been pretty good run defense all season. They've been particularly good on the road, where they've only allowed about sixty yards per game and one total touchdown on a fluke long run to running backs. Uh, the other reason I'm concerned is that the Saints are considering switching back to Jameis Winston this week. And his presence under center and his downfield focus has greatly reduced Kamara's usage in the passing game and his PPR value. For example, in this year in PPR, Kamara's averaged eight points per game and two catches with Winston in the lineup and 20 points per game with six receptions a game with Dalton in the lineup. So be very wary of Winston's in the, in the ballgame. Yeah, as a Kamara owner, I'm hoping they stick with Dalton. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, how about uh, a couple of wide <laughs> A couple of wide receivers you like this week and why? I love Tyler Boyd. I mean, DeMar Chase is still out. Boyd's filled the gap very well. He's actually been outproducing uh, fantasy higher draft pick T. Higgins all season so far. At any point in the season, he's, he's outperformed uh, T. Higgins. Uh, this Cincy team is well-rested, but I think they're going to tee off against the Steelers secondary that's allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers and the most touchdowns. Uh, Boyd's always fared well against Pittsburgh as well. He scored about 20% of his career touchdowns uh, in this matchup, including one in the week one game earlier this season. High floor and a high TD potential. Love Tyler Boyd this week. And then uh, I mentioned him earlier, Mike Williams. I, I, he's looking likely to practice and I think play this week. 
Getting him back in the matchup is a tremendous opportunity. Um, the ankle is probably not going to be as big of a factor for a straight-line speed guy and a guy that uses his size to go up over people on, as opposed to the soft tissue injury, which is causing the, the guy like Keenan Allen, who's a cutter and a mover, to, to be more of a problem. So I think Williams has a better chance to be effective. And the Chiefs have allowed the second-most touchdowns and sixth-most points to receivers, and that's factoring in the game in Tennessee where they didn't throw a ball to a wide receiver all game. So they're, they're, they're really even, even worse than that. And the Chargers have been very pass-happy in Kansas City the last three seasons. Williams has been the main beneficiary, averaging 100 yards per game in his last four games against KC with four touchdowns, 300-yard games. Assuming Williams is active, I think he's a lock in your lineup. Okay. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, my uh, my sleeper special, Darius Slayton, yeah, uh, went out and got, spent a lot of fab, and I didn't really need to <laughs> on him in the FFPC and FPC uh, leagues, but I'm glad I got him for three of the four weeks. I've started him. He's come through with big games, including last week, almost 100 yards receiving and a long touchdown. Well, guess what? He gets Detroit this week, so I think he's going to catch another long one uh, for a score or at least put together a really good game uh, so you will be able to start him uh, with uh, without any issues, especially if you've got any injuries at the wide receiver position the rest of your rosters like Keenan Allen or Mike Williams if he, if he doesn't play. Cortland Sutton, he's overdue for a score against the Raiders uh, at home. Uh, I think he's going to score and uh, put up a, a better game than he did last week, which is still not bad, 6 for 66, I believe. Uh, so he's, he's due for a good game there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, I know the Raiders uh, don't have much uh, on offense without uh, Renfro and Waller on IR, but everything's going to go through Devontae Adams and uh, Foster Moreau, so that doesn't leave much for Mac Hollins, who caught two small, short passes last week. I sit him against a Denver uh, very good secondary this week. And Devonta Smith, uh, well, this is going to be interesting because he's got a hand injury, one, uh, also uh, A.J. Brown, on Monday night, uh, had an ankle injury. They think they're both going to play, but secondary wideouts have been struggling against the Colts. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, in other words, temper your expectations with Devonta Smith in this game against the Colts uh, this coming Sunday. Anyway, uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? Speaking of the Colts, I don't really like uh, Michael Pittman this week. He's first. He's going to get a face full of Darius Slay. He's playing extremely well, shutting down everybody. Terry McLaurin's the only wide receiver to top 100 yards versus Philly in about a year and a half. So, uh, but the thing to me is that the game plan is going to involve a heavy dose of JT because the, the run defense is beatable. And over the last three games that, that Matt Ryan has started, Paris Campbell has vastly outproduced Pittman, averaging over 20 PPR points per game, more catches, more targets. Then you're going to need to use a short passing game to get the ball out of his hands with that fierce pass rush because Ryan isn't very elusive. Pittman just doesn't get open in the short space like Paris Campbell does. So I think there's going to be a lot more Campbell and a lot less Pittman this week, and that makes Pittman a, a risky play with a low floor, even for a high-volume guy like him. And then I don't like Robert Woods. I mean, Bobby Trees is just simply not in sync with any of the Titans quarterbacks. He's only got two catches on nine targets over the last two games, connected only 50% of his targets all year after a career of high-efficiency receiving, only averaging six PPR points per game this year. Something's just not right. And with an offense that really doesn't want to throw the ball anyway, and they got a stud rookie receiver coming back and a more explosive option than Nick Westbrook and Kine on deep play action balls, I just don't see any reason Woods should be rostered, let alone started this week. Yeah, I tell you, I've got Woods in a dynasty league, and it's a far cry from uh, when, he, when he was a Ram last year. It uh, <laughs> flat out sucks. Okay, how about tight end? A couple of tight ends you like this week and why? 
Well, we, we mentioned all around him earlier when we talked about the tight ends and the Raiders, but I love Foster Moreau, not only just this week, but down the road. He's had at least four targets in every game this year and at least five in every game that Waller has not played. And Waller's out for the next four weeks. Um, Renfro's also out. Moreau becomes fairly high in the pecking order and the prime red zone target aside from Adams. I think the Broncos are middle of the road in fantasy points to the tight end, but they have allowed six catches to the position every week since week five. And Moreau has a few juicy matchups, like I said, in the upcoming weeks. So I think you need to run and not walk to get him off the waiver wire. Don't be afraid to start him this week and for the next few. And then I love Greg Dulcich this week. Uh, he was tight end three for the first three games of his career in week six through eight, and then laid an egg after a bye week last week. But he's still a fringe tight end one over the last five weeks. Um, he's become a huge part of the Denver passing game with nearly the same targets and catches as both of the starting receivers despite his weak effort this past week. And this week he gets that generous Raiders team that's allowed the second most tight end touchdowns, the six PPR points, and they're circling the drain a bit too, like you said about the Rams. So he's a great streamer at least and likely a low-end PPR one for the remainder of the season. And if Judy doesn't play this week, he probably moves into the solid number one range. There you go. I agree with that, too. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, George Kittle hasn't uh, hasn't seen much action here because they haven't really needed him, but uh, they're playing the Cardinals this week. Uh, fairly good run defense, much better than uh, the Chargers uh, last week. So I think that George Kittle is going to be needed in this game. So, of course, you're going to roll him out there and start him, but I think he's going to, uh, he's going to produce for you this week. Tyler Conklin scored twice against the Patriots just two weeks ago. They're going to have to throw it to him again because, well, so they got other than Garrett Wilson there. They want to throw it to Elijah Moore. Corey Davis is still hurt there. Uh, the Jets, that's going to be struggling to win this game. It's going to be defensively, but if they're going to score touchdowns, most likely it's going to be Conklin. So I uh, go ahead and, and start him if you need him there. Uh, a couple of guys I'd be concerned about this week, David Njoku with that uh, ankle injury, and the Bills have given up zero t- uh, t- touchdown tight ends, um, touchdowns to the tight end in 2022. And, of course, this Blizzard game, so sit him on your bench this week. Hunter Henry, um, the Jets have allowed zero t- tight end, uh, touchdowns to the tight end in 2022. Henry's up and down. Uh, one week he'll catch three or four passes for 40 yards. Another week, one catch. Uh, but nowhere really in there is a score. Maybe he's ca- caught one or two this week, this year, but I don't think he's going to do much against the Jets. Let's sit him. How about you, Chris, uh, for tight ends? A couple of guys you're not crazy about and why? I'll stay with that Blizzard game. I don't like Dawson Knox. He's been a low-volume target with a high touchdown dependency for fantasy value. Under three catches a game and outside the top 20 in PPR. This week, the chances are even more slim, even without the weather, because the Browns have allowed the fewest tight end receptions so far and only one touchdown to the position. So I, I don't see a reason for Dawson Knox, even in this, <laughs> unless you're desperate because of all the tight ends that are hurt. But, and my caution play of the week is Mark Andrews, uh, although, of course, you're starting him if he's active. Um, Andrews has not finished the last two games he started. He's totaled six points in the last four weeks with a bye and a full missed game altogether. He's trending towards playing this week. Hard to get excited until I see him make it through a game. And Isaiah likely has proven himself to be an adequate fill-in. So he's also facing a Carolina defense that's been crushing the tight end in recent weeks. They've allowed one tight end touchdown and only one tight end over 10 PPR points since week four. Okay. uh, Well, it's time for one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, You saw him in action on Monday night. Joey Sly, he's got another favorable matchup and a solid indoor game in mid-November. That's always nice. And then I like Matt Gay. Uh, the Saints have allowed the most field goal attempts and multiple made field goals in eight of their ten games. So those are both two guys with great matchups, great uh, locations, and offenses that need them. Uh, as far as defenses, I do like the Commanders going into Houston. I think Washington is going to be fired up after their big win, and they should have Chase Young back as well against a reeling Houston team. 
And then I love Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh has allowed consecutive six-stack games, and Kenny Pickett is appropriately named right now, throwing eight interceptions in in the last few weeks. So I think with Cincinnati coming off a bye as well, they should be really well-rested and able to to beat up on the rookie. Okay, there's some good choices there for people to consider. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 12, yep, Week 12 preview fantasy playoffs just around the corner. Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!